Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, hello, it's the COB, goodness me, on the 4th of February. I, this is Annette Beecher and I'm joined by Cara Ordway. Cara, what a week. I don't know about you, but I'm a bit exhausted after the volatility <laughs> that we've seen this week. How many central banks were on the list? The RBA at the top of that list, of course, here locally. Yep. A bit of action for the local market, but it's kind of fizzled into the end of the session here today. Finishing up in the green, but it was largely mixed. It certainly was mixed. I mean, we had three central banks this week. We had endless US sessions whereby the last hour bore no resemblance mm. to the previous trading hours. So half the time, by the time we walked in, by the time the market closed, we had a completely different lead. Yeah, it's interesting. We actually had a chat with um, James Whelan from VFS Group this week and he found an article in the FT that basically said the trend of selling on the open and buying on the close is really significant in the US and if you'd done that I can't remember the stat on terms of percentage wins, but it was it was really significant. And, and it's kind of been the trend, hasn't it? Apart from last night, <coughs> excuse me, when we saw uh, some of those big big tech names report. Yeah, the big tech names, that has certainly been part of the wild ride. I mean, Google, well, it might as well do the week of review. I mean, let's face it, Google's 20 to 1 stock split. That was an absolute game changer. But then we had Meta collapsing, PayPal collapsing, both 25 to 26%. I mean, that's a bear market in a day, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and then Amazon doing well last night. So potentially we'll see the follow through from that this evening. But of course, we do have payrolls this evening. And that's another tick on the list for when it comes to volatility. Well, I mean, it seems like the expectations have considerably dropped now. It's a, it's a weird one. I mean, normally, Cara, the last Friday of the month, we spend all day talking about yeah. payrolls. I think I mentioned it once yeah, maybe with Pete McGuire, I think was about the only person I, I raised it with. Maybe because, you know, the market median hasn't moved. It's still looking for 150000 but that ADP report falling, um, I think, by 301,000. And so when I looked at the, the spread of forecast, there's a whole cluster at 150 and there's another cluster at minus 200. So let's face it, it could be minus 200. Omicron um, really slashed that ADP report. Three quarters of those losses were in the leisure and hospitality sector. So you grab any analyst, though, they always distance themselves between one or the other but I think normally the whisper numbers get pretty bullish Cara but not this time around people are thinking you know what we might just ignore this one well this week was definitely the week of some central banks turning slightly hawkish <laughs> if we can say that I know you guys earlier had a chat with Warren Hogan of EQ Economics 
And and he said RBA won't admit to trashing housing affordability. I mean, what is it? What what is he saying there? I and mean, what was his expectations for, for yeah, the coming year? I mean, we we um, I I didn't conduct the, this particular interview, but I've been talking to Warren for quite some time. A lot of Warren's headlines have been "Let's get on with it." Yeah. So uh, in in essence this week the RBA sort of did get on with it just leaving the door open for a 2022 hike this week meant it got rid of that ridiculous calendar uh, guidance for 24 and then 23 and then just sort of quietly dropped so he said there's some flexibility in there but part two is my bugbear that I've been talking about on and off um, this week is the fact that the RBA is washing its hands of unaffordable housing. And so Warren's just reminding us that, you know what, we actually don't know the social costs of free money for this long. What does it mean? And just the fact that he thinks, you know, the RBA is just taking no ownership. So, you know, Warren, no holds barred. But, of course, the other central banks overnight, we walked in this morning to uh, a Bank of England that were five, five to four split on 25, but, geez, it was close to a 50. Yeah, I mean, that could have been interesting. The pound not reacting too much. It was priced in, I think, 99% that they were going to see a, a 25 basis rate hike. Of course, this entire story is all about inflation. We're seeing it hot now in the European Union, which is why Christine Lagarde changed her rhetoric slightly, the Bank of England, uh, the Fed, and here locally. And Robert Swift is one of my favourite guests. Uh, he, he was always a very open about how he thought inflation was going to be incredibly hot and it was going to hit hard. He's from Delft Partners and he is in the newsletter today as well. And he's just describing what he's using to hedge the potential for this inflation to continue now. I think hedging and defensive strategies probably wouldn't go away when you have, you know, all this speculation and noise. And, I mean, in terms of the the central banks, that's a BOE has hiked twice. The Kiwis are about to hike for the third time. I mean, who would have thought that the Fed would be one of the last ones um, to move? And, of course, Scuddy's view, I think, is is on the money today. We've been discussing that the Fed Reserve moves too far too fast. It actually risks flattening the curve or even inverting the curve and if that's a, if that's the case borrowing rates out the curve actually become cheaper and you've just destroyed the whole premise of monetary policy so we're really at a pivot point uh, when it comes to that interaction between central banks yield curves and of course what it means for your investments now of course lots of um, reporting we still got reporting season here we had news corp shooting the lights out that closed top of the ladder today but an early gainer today was rea group now property what a surprise. REA did very well. So coincidentally, or maybe not so much, it was today's stock of the day. REA Group, of course, ticker code REA. Claude Walker from A Rich Life and Luke Winchester from Merriweather Capital had a bit of a chew on the results. And is it in the portfolio or not? Take a listen. I thought the result was uh, actually really quite strong. And I was a little bit surprised to see that the stock didn't move, but it is a high quality uh, blue chip business that has a identifiable moat that should be durable for many years. Look, I do actually think that um, REA Group is probably something reasonable to buy in a diversified um, blue yep. chip oriented portfolio. Yeah. If you're someone who just wants a sleep at night portfolio, like REA, and, and I think even being down a little bit today, 
Claude touched on it perfectly there. It's just the fundamentals backfilling yeah. where that price has gone, probably post-COVID. So I think it's a buy as well for the right person who understands yeah. that it, it, it probably won't give you, you know, 35, 40, 50% a year. Did that coming out of COVID? Now it maybe consolidates to a more steady income, but it's such a quality business. Yeah. I, I think you can definitely own it for the longer okay. term. And I think after the week that was, I'd have to say with Luke Winchester saying it's a sleep at night option. So that might be a good one to be in the portfolio. Well, Carl, we're pretty close to G&T time. In terms of the week ahead, what's on your, what's on your watch list? Uh, look, the Australian dollar, of course, because continued volatility in those FX markets, which I'm loving at the moment. Uh, and, and the predictions are mixed when it comes to the local units, sitting around that 70, uh, 71.40 handle at the moment. Uh, and, of course, we do have now the RBA testimony on Monday. They they are. And I actually looked for it literally yesterday because I thought, oh, don't they have testimonies? in February and August and it wasn't in the calendar and uh, and of course the conspiracy theorist in me thought hmm I wonder if they call an election because you can't <laughs> you can't testify to parliament if there's no parliament so at least we're spared election talk for another week so it will be from 9:30 on Monday on Friday sorry but after a week of RBA personally I'm sure you guys are happy to not talk about it and me as well from the data front not much on the Aussie but, oh, Cara, we've got that CPI number coming up for the US. Now, that, after what might be a disappointing payrolls, it'll be back to inflation and Fed, RBA, sorry, Fed, will it be 50 or 25? Yeah, it'll be interesting, won't it? I mean, basically, volatility is the name of the game going forward. We've got lots of guests coming in on Monday morning to talk about that. We've got Chris Weston from Pepperstone. He joins us. John Noonan from Thomson Reuters is always great with key levels when it comes to those US equity markets. And Isaac Paul from Global CIO will also be on the show on Monday. Well, it sounds like a good week coming up. In the meantime, Cara and I are going to have a cold one, put our feet up for the weekend. We hope you do too as well. And we'll be bright and early 8.30 Monday morning. See you then. Have a great weekend.